0: Hi, I'm Chris McBrien, a Gen Xer, and the pop culture from my generation is awesome. And I'm Yance Eaton, a millennial, and the pop culture from my generation is dope. Episode 28, Childhood TV Shows.
1: Hey, hey, Chris McBride here. This is Pop Coach World, along with me, Nancy. And as always, Yancey,
0: we got a big show this weekend. we always have a big show. Uh, so uh, what's going on, you all? Not a whole lot, just working myself to death, uh, overworked and underpaid, but <laughs> I'm really excited to, to be recording the podcast. I'm, I'm sorry that this one's coming out a little bit later than our, our listeners are used to, but I am happy to start recording. And just as an aside, my family has started to listen to the show more and more, and oh, now like, family friends are. So, like, I went to a baby shower today, and like, family friends, you know, we're talking about the podcast and stuff. So, it's really cool, but it's also like really like, oh, this is real now, like, actual people, like, I can put a face to listeners and stuff, so it's like, I'm a little self-conscious, but, like, I still, obviously, I want them to read it or, you know, to listen to it and stuff like that. So, I'm, I'm pretty excited, but I'm really excited about our guest because this is this is one of my good friends. I say this every single time, but this is one of my dudes, my main dude, so why don't you bring him in? I'll
1: bring him in. Jesse Jordan is our guest. Now, Jesse is from North Dakota. He's from North—he's actually North Dakota, born and raised. He's a father of one. He enjoys beer, wine, and food, just like me. Uh, he's an avid television watcher, also like me, and he loves sports. And he's probably best known to everybody as the producer of the Nasty Cast jesse jordan thanks for joining us here on pop kosher world
2: hey guys yeah thanks for welcoming me um it's uh it actually it seems very very weird because i'm an avid listener to the show so just hearing youtube banter and then knowing that i'll be able to shout out and you know People will actually hear what I'm shouting because uh, normally I'm I'm listening <laughs> to what you guys are discussing and I'm like ah oh, come on Yancy that you got to know the answer to this and and whatnot and, oh well we're gonna you know, put, you know, we'll put, put of,
1: you, we'll put you on the hot seat this week too so don't yeah worry. It, it'll be lots of fun hey listen Jesse I want to mention your cohort over at the Nasty Cast Nathan Dawkin recently sent me a box of Crunchberries in the mail and I should point out even though the North American Free Trade Agreement has been around since 1989. And by the way, your president, by the way, is saying he wants to renegotiate NAFTA. And I'm all for that because if it includes getting crunch berries up here in Canada, let's do it. Because you can't get them here. But a big shout out to Nate for sending me some of those crunch berries. That was really, really good. Um, Anyway, listen, Jesse and I got talking recently and we, we both have young kids. And we both realized that having young kids usually means... Watching a lot of kids' TV shows, Jesse, as you know, we watch a lot of kids' shows. with having little kids in the house. Yeah. So we got thinking. We were talking. We were like, what were the shows that we liked when we were a kid? So we decided to do an entire podcast on that. So we thought, well, we had to bring Jesse on to talk about this. I do have a question for you guys, though. If Okay, so when I ask you the question, if I were to ask you, like, what TV shows that you watched as a kid, out of curiosity, what age does it take you back to? Like Jesse, like so. If I ask you, like, what do you watch as a kid? What defines being "quote unquote" a kid to you? Just out of curiosity,
2: it's it's so funny that you're asking this because I I I was gonna preface all my picks as that. I mean, I can't go back. My kid's two, so you know, one of the things that our my kid is watching now when we right. were having the discussion. There's no way I can even I couldn't even tell you. I mean, what I watched then, but I, I'm thinking more that um, probably around 9, 10 is when I started hitting my, my TV peak, I guess. And so, so, between, that, so between
1: 1990 and 1992, that would be for you, right? Right around that. Yeah, yep. around that time. And what about you, Yancy? What what age do you define as being a kid watching TV shows? I'd
0: say to like 11 or 12, I Oh, guess. a little bit older.
1: Wow. You know what? I've, I'm going to be the different one here. You know what? I thought about this, and you know what age jumped out for me was seven. When I was <laughs> seven, I just remember loving TV. Now, things were different back then because I'm old, you know. Back then, Saturday mornings were, like, the big thing. Like, the Saturday mornings comprised two things back in the 70s. Number one, cereal, and especially cereal that had, like, prizes in it and stuff like that. Not Crunch Berries because we don't get those in Canada, but cereal. And number two, Saturday morning cartoons. And now with the advent of, you know, these 24-hour teletune stations and stuff, like that, there's no such thing as Saturday morning cartoons anymore. It's too bad because it was a real it was a real experience and when i and i still remember when i was seven all the shows i watched so those were the ones that were on my but anyway are you guys ready to jump right into things and get going
0: yep i'm ready let's do it all right here we go And everyone knows how much I love Fonzie. I don't know if you've seen any of the Sharknado movies. Shatner and Takei are going to be there. I cannot believe that this is actually possible. The Star Wars prequels were awful. Young Doctors in Love. Young Doctors in Love.
1: Bad CGI kind of starts and ends with George Lucas. Some of the worst CGI I have ever seen in my entire life. He ruined the whole original trilogy by superimposing Hayden Christensen over Sebastian Shaw at the end of Jedi. Okay, so we are going to count back our top five favorite TV shows from when we were a kid, and we're going to let our guests go first. Jesse, what's number five on your list?
2: All right. Well, um, I kind of wrote down that age uh, that I was in here, and I'm going to take you back. I'm a little older with my start, so I'm kind of a liar right away. So this one takes me to about my fifth grade through eighth grade years. It was only on um, Nickelodeon from 94 to 98, and the show I'm going to bring up is The Secret World of Alex Mack. I don't know if you guys ever watched it or anything like that, but it's about this junior high girl who uh, has some chemicals spilled on her and she ends up getting telekinetic powers and can do a lot of cool stuff. Uh, she turns into a water puddle. She can move stuff, out, uh, obviously, with her telekinetic powers, stuff like that. But the biggest reason why I love this show is that I had the hugest crush on the main character, uh, Lar- Larissa <laughs> Olenek, I think the only other show that I can ever remember is that she's on uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. She plays Bianca, the younger sister, and uh, Joseph gordon levitts love interest in that movie. But um, I, I, I think back about my childhood, and I just, that show just keeps popping up in my head because I was in love with her. I, I could barely remember any of the, what the shows were about. I know the general consensus of the episodes, but I just knew that, to me, she was the most beautiful woman in the world at that time
1: we know what we need to do a show based on our childhood crushes at some point I'm telling you but Yancey your number five show from when you were a kid what was it
0: Uh, number five for me was Animaniacs oh nice uh, Yeah, yeah yeah Animaniacs is like one of those weird cartoons where I feel like it would never be made today um, it kind of like plays off to like the whole like Warner Brothers saying like it literally shows them like you know walking like Warner Brothers Park and you know it's like this weird variety show there's like all kinds of different things going on with you know Yakko Wakko, and Dot it's just like it's one of those like really smart shows that was almost like it felt like it was for adults more than it was for kids and especially like you know I've, I've gone back you know like with streaming services and stuff you can go back and watch these episodes and just you, there's so many things that you're going to miss as a kid obviously that you know are just going to completely fly over your head um, it's just weird though, because like how they would like supplant, like actual famous people and creators, you know that you know from that current time and like in the past or like you know like fantasy people and stuff like that that would be put inside this show and like the humor, the snark and stuff. This is like the probably like the the silliest of the shows that I'm going to list here as far as kid shows go, but it was just so smart, it was so funny. Um, I remember my mom watching one episode of with it, and I was watching one episode of it with me, and she actually was kind of like, I don't know if I want you to watch this, you know what I mean? Because it was kind of just. It was a bracelet for being a kid's show, but it just worked so, so well. Um, didn't have a, a long running. It was only on the air for, I think, four or five years or whatever, but it's it's still a classic. Um, I kind of want to watch it, like, right now, obviously, but um, just a fantastic show. Uh, ran from 93 to 98, no longer in existence. Um, this is one of those shows where I kind of hope, like, the next couple of years, they kind of bring it back. Maybe it won't have the same magic as it did before, but it's, it was just a fantastic show, so that's my number five.
1: Oh, I like that one. That's good. Uh, okay, so my number five. Um, on Saturday mornings... Uh, once as i mentioned you know i loved watching cartoons but once the cartoons wrapped up at noon live action shows would start and one of my all-time favorites was a show called Space Academy and it was about these teenagers and th- it was like way, way in the distant future and what they did was they got to ride around in this spaceship and they got to explore the galaxy and some of them were like really smart like they were scientists and then others had like special powers. The special effects were, were good for the time. I think, Yancy, if you if you went back and watched it now, you'd probably be like, like these guys shot this in someone's backyard, you know, but but like for a kid like, growing like up in most the... most of your recommendations. Like most of them, yeah. Yeah, like, But, you know, I think, you know, for me, you know, in the 70s, like, and I loved space adventures, too. Like, I thought the show was amazing. There was this robot I remember called Peepo, and one of the kids on the show was played by Brian Toshi, and he went on to play Takashi in Revenge of the Nerds, which is one of my favorite movies, like, ever. So like I say, for me, Saturday mornings were all about watching TV. Um, You know, before, like I say, nowadays with Teletoon and everything else, you know, Saturday morning cartoons are gone, but back in the day, Saturday mornings were the best and I used to always, I I would like dream that I was on the ship in Space Academy. That was my number five show. So number four, Jesse, what do you got?
2: All right. I'm going to also say that I did uh, watch a lot of cartoons on Saturday morning uh, when I got up, but none of them made my list. So I did, I did live during that era where if you got up early enough you could get about two hours of cartoons in before the the live action um, shows and i'll get to one here in a little bit but this one isn't one of those saturday morning ones um this one uh this show aired from 87 to 95 and actually starred uh a pair of twins that played as one little girl um and at that point i probably gave it away it's obviously full house um i have nieces and nephew that refer to me as uncle jesse you would think that they would have no clue, but it's kind of funny because they're getting to that age. And their parents grew up in the same time as me. My, it's my uh, sister's kids. So, you know, this this show is one of my sister's all-time favorites, me being the younger brother. You know, when you only have two TVs in the, the house and one has the clicking channels where you actually have to walk up to the TV and crank it, you choose to sit down on the living room couch where the nice remote is. And this happens to be one of the shows I was
0: on all the time. So uh, my number four is Full House.
1: Very good. Yancey, what do you got for number four?
0: Uh, for the sake of brevity, I'm just going to mention the show, and that's it. <laughs> uh, number <laughs> okay. four for me is Pokemon. I've talked about Pokemon Oh, you so love much. Pokemon, yes. You guys know how big it was. I still play it on my phone. Like, I'm embarrassed to admit that, but it connected me to my brother, unlike anything else from our childhood. Um, it was just absolutely incredible. A lot of these shows, you guys are talking about, like, Saturday mornings and stuff. To be completely honest with you, not to sound like, you know, I had, like, this amazing childhood, which I did, Um but we didn't, we didn't watch Saturday morning cartoons all morning. To be completely honest with you, we never had TVs in our rooms until we were like 16 or 17 years old. And as soon as we all woke up, my mom basically locked us out of the house if we didn't have to go to school. And we went outside and played. That was like our thing. So, I mean, a lot of these shows that you guys are mentioning, I have never even heard of. Like, we didn't have cable. We just had basic network TV yep. and stuff like that. So, like, there's a ton of, there's a whole realm of these shows that I've never seen before. But pokemon is my number four i'm not going to go super super deep into it
1: i'm surprised it's not your number one i thought it would be my my seven-year-old has actually started watching the original pokemon series we were watching on netflix and he loves it um so but and you mentioned you know you haven't heard of most of these. You're not going to hear of any of mine. I can pretty much guarantee you've never seen any of my shows. Okay, this next wow. one. This next one, my number four. got to stay with me on this one, okay, guys? So back back in 1971, uh, a Canadian television producer had an idea for a show, and it included, like, monsters and ghouls and animals and aliens all on a sketch comedy show. And they filmed 130 episodes in the span of less than a year in the, in the little studios of Hamilton, Ontario's CHCH TV station. And they added in some throws from Vincent Price. They shot those out in California and they mashed all of this stuff together into the hilarious House of Frightenstein. Yancey, Jesse, you guys are American. You have no idea what I'm talking about, but every Canadian who's over the age of 35 knows exactly what I'm talking about. And actually, the show did get syndicated in the States, so a lot of people watch it there too. Um, they're just a bit older than you guys, that's all. But anyway, so the show featured like all these recurring sketches of stuff, like there was Count Frightenstein, like he was a descendant of Dracula, there was Frankenstein's monster, there was this hippie that looked like Ravi Shankar Car playing the sitar, and all these flowers would drop on him. There was Harvey Wallbanger. He was a puppet. He'd read letters like from people that sent them in. There was Igor. We had this green paint on him. There was a Wolfman. I remember there was this gorilla who used to come out of the woods, and they'd throw ping pong balls at him. And as soon as one of the ping pong balls hit him in the head, he'd fall over dead. It was just like it, the show was a total head trip. I know it sounds like the weirdest thing ever, you know, but. It was actually an amazing show. And, and, and some, actually, some of the sketches and episodes are out there on YouTube. So give it a look. It's the hilarious House of Frightenstein. Number three, Jesse, what do you got?
2: That one sounds really interesting. It I'm is something else. Check that one out. I loved it. it so, uh, my number three, uh, basically, um, the world. America was given the uh, the privilege of watching the Savage Brothers from like 1988 to 2000. Um, you know, due to me being really young during the Wonder Years, um, I'm actually going to go with the latter of the, the two Savage Brothers, and I'm going to go with the Ben Savage show, uh, Boy Meets World. Nice. Um, the, what can I say? I mean, I grew up with this show because, I mean, it started in 93 and it ended in 2000. I kind of outgrew it by the time, you know, it came to 2000, so I don't really remember the last couple seasons, Um, but you had uh, George Feeney who was a school teacher of um, Corey Matthews who Ben Savage played, and I mean, if you didn't learn something from... Mr. Feeney, um, I just don't know. I mean, if you watch a sh- if you watch a show you and you grew up when I did, there, there's no way you don't know who Mr. Feeney is and you didn't learn something about
1: life from Mr. Feeney. Nice. Okay, uh, number three, Yancey, what do you got?
0: A uh, true story. Ben Savage is the most famous person I've ever met in real life. In elementary school, I won an award and I went to Orlando and he was like the host or whatever, so I have like a picture with him and like Mickey Mouse and stuff. It was like a big deal. Um, I just wanted to say that, like, I don't know, whatever. That's um, cool. For yeah. cool actually jealous yeah, I, I, I thought it was kind of cool he was really nice or whatever but um anyways my number what are we on three, three yeah. my number three is reading rainbow with lavar burton very cool of course lavar was also geordie laforge on star trek another show which i also loved um this wasn't the best kids show it was just something that i really enjoyed a lot and i especially as i got older as like a teenager it became something of like a joke like a running joke to me i didn't watch it a lot when i was a kid I, you know if it was one i would watch it but it grew, like, this cult following amongst, like, my group of friends were, like, we would literally watch this on, like, Friday and Saturday nights, Um, you know, for senior night on the the last home game, you know, I was in marching band and stuff, I was in a big band dork. You know, for the senior night, whenever they were announcing everybody, I actually thanked Reading Rainbow for helping me get through school. Um, I had Reading Rainbow T-shirts, I had Reading Rainbow notebooks. It was just like this, like funny thing, like this ongoing joke for like literally ten or fifteen years. Um, I love Lavar Le- Burton. A couple of years ago, they actually had a Kickstarter to bring back Reading Rainbow, and it was successful. I donated money to it just because I wanted it to exist. I loved Reading Rainbow as a kid. Um, it's like a weird selection, but still love LeVar Burton, one of my favorite people. If I could have coffee with like any, like five people in the world, I would pick him. I don't know why I've just always been like the hugest fan. So uh, Reading Rainbow is my number three.
1: Oh, very cool. Okay, my number three. Now, i just like to preface this by saying that I did not grow up in the 1930s, but one show that I did love watching when I was a kid was Our Gang, also known as Little Rascals. And it was on every day after school. And it was originally produced like back in the 20s and 30s as short films um, because the TV didn't come around until the 50s, right? But after school, every day in the 70s, Little Rascals would be on TV. And I would watch them over and over again. And even though they were made like 50 years before, I loved watching the show. So, uh, Yancey, you you probably know, and Jesse, too, they made a movie in 94, right? Directed by Penelope Spheris, um the one that directed Wayne's World. Um, they made Little Rascals. But that movie was crappy. But the the, the, the old shorts were really, 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 really great. And as a, as a kid, I used to love watching. There was Spanky and Darla and Alfalfa and Buckwheat. The shows were so good, man. So basically, it was this group of really, really poor kids, and they were getting into all these situations, and they were so poor that they had to eat mush, which I can only assume was grits or oatmeal or something like that, and... I remember in the early ones there was like Farina and Sunshine Sammy and Jackie Cooper and because they were all really poor the stories were usually like about them like building go-karts out of old broken doors and, and they, I remember this one time they put together this entire band out of stuff that, from the junkyard and one, one time they had a birthday party and inside the cake they decided they put prizes in the cake but it was all stuff they just had laying around the house like an old used hairbrush and a bar of soap. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you, Buckwheat was like sitting on a donkey and oh, the other one too I remember was this kid called Weezer and the one time all, the kids, all the kids wanted Weezer's brother to come out and pay, play baseball they're like hey man you gotta come outside and he was like oh man I can't man I gotta stay home and grease the Weezer and he had he'd have to rub goose grease on the kid's neck. Whatever the hell goose grease was, he'd have to rub it on his neck and his chest because the kid had the croup. I know this sounds crazy, I know. But I'm telling you, this show was amazing. One of the best in the history of television. You guys are going to have to take my word for it, for sure. Okay, Jesse, number two. What do you got?
2: (sighs) I don't know. I, I gotta I've grease up the Weezer. Than, like, I know. Yeah, there's there's nothing better than greasing the Weezer. Oh
1: my! Gotta love greasing um, the Weezer.
2: <laughs> the, I I will say that in '94, <laughs> that little rascals movie that came out, you know, that at my age, I I loved it. I mean, I, it might not have, uh, you know. In the in the '94
1: but, version, Jesse, did they have to grease the Weezer? Oh
2: my my my!
1: I don't remember any greasing of the Weezer. Okay. But, <laughs> anyway what do you what do you got for number two they should (laughs) have uh
2: number my my number two if i if i didn't put this one on the list i probably would have got shunned um anybody who's around my age maybe a little bit older a little bit younger has heard of this show has watched it um i had talked earlier about how i watch i got up every morning to watch some saturday morning cartoons and uh you know not that i was a lazy kid like yancy's trying to make me sound like for not getting up and going outside and playing Uh, i did plenty of that but um you know i live in north Dakota, so the winters are the winters suck and that's so that's when you watch your tv so uh anyways my number two is Saved by the Bell and I I I, there's really no point in me going into it I think everybody's seen it everybody's heard of it
1: did you I got a question for you did you did you enjoy watching Saved by the Bell the college years because that was my favorite I
2: I was actually going to bring that up oh Uh, so good I even watched those when they were on primetime um it was just one season but it was so good I, I watched it. I, I enjoyed it just because I was saved by the Bell fan. Um one of the, the ones I like the most I think is when they went to Hawaii
1: Oh yeah had, with Leah uh, Remini. Yep. Like
2: three or four episodes. Yeah. Yep. I yep. that chick was that Mr. Jirosi. Wasn't his
1: guy. name? Mr. Jirosi, and yep. then his daughter was Leah Remini. Yep. Remember
0: that. Yep, That's good. You okay, okay Yancy, what do you got for number two? Um I, I keep waffling back and forth between which I want to make number two and which I want to make number one. So I'll, I'll I'll switch it up. Uh number two for me. Is one of the most seminal shows of all time. It is a legacy show. It's been around forever. It's one of our 120 Emmys, multiple Peabody awards. Um, it's Sesame Street. Oh, nice show. Everybody's seen Sesame Street before. It. It's amazing. Um, the one thing I've always loved about Sesame Street is how they're always pushing like social issues. And you know, the the show in its inception, I think in the late was 60s, like 1968 or 69. Um, you know, it wasn't a perfect show. Like their depiction of like Latino women and you know Latino men, and women were underrepresented in the show, and like there are all kinds of problems with the show. But uh, it it has grown. Like over the years, through decades, and you know they've depicted homosexuals, and there was a character that had AIDS, and they've just always been willing to like talk about really sensitive subjects, and they've always gotten a ton of blowback over the years. You know they've been banned. Uh, I when I was doing research, there was a Mississippi committee that basically banned them because they didn't like how they were pushing like such a multicultural agenda. There were all these controversies that were surrounding it, but they always kind of like stayed you know, they stood stand fast and, you know, continued making just this really, really interesting content for everybody. I mean, like there's one scene um, where Snuffleupagus is basically like teaching kids how to use basic sign language to, you know, to say hello and how are you to people who are deaf. You know, there was always this spirit of inclusion in everything that Sesame Street did. And that's just one thing that I always loved. Um, Cookie Monster. The Greatest. Like, the the greatest yes probably my favorite character of all time loved oscar i was never an elmo guy i was never a big bird guy i kind of liked like you know the characters that were kind of like lesser characters to me um but it's just i don't know it's just one of those things everybody has seen sesame street before it's it's so ubiquitous with like every every childhood experience sesame street was there in in the background at some point um uh, yeah I'm just going to leave it at that that's my number two Sesame Street you guys have obviously seen it it's it's fantastic and I hope it lives on forever oh
1: man that's a great one I want to mention a couple of honorable mentions as I was talking before about like Saturday morning cartoons there's three uh, there was four that I really really liked three of which you guys have never heard of so there was Inch High Private Eye love that show there was Hong Kong Fui Speed Buggy and then Fat Albert and I know you guys at least have heard of Fat Albert because it's you know kind of stuck around in the, in the, the zeitgeist of, of pop culture over the years but uh, you guys have mentioned a couple shows too that have that have been taking place especially jesse mentioned a couple of shows that have taken places kind of at night they were like evening shows but you watched as a kid so i'm gonna go with one too and that's battlestar galactica so yancy this is a great reboot you know we talked about reboots recently they reimagined this show with edward james almost in in the 2000s right it was a good show right and like the critics loved it and everything but i tell you you know me i'm a fan of the old school 70s stuff so the the old battlestar galactica from the 70s I liked that one better. It was really, really campy. And you know how much I love campy stuff. And as a kid, I just loved Star Wars and space stuff. And t- to me, there wasn't much better you know, than watching an hour-long space show every Sunday night. And that was Battlestar Galactica. They took the initial two-hour pilot of the show, and they actually repackaged it. And they released it in theaters as a feature movie. And yes, I actually went to the movies to see it. I remember I went with my dad. And from what I, what I remember, like he hated it. But I just, I loved it. I thought it was great. I used to watch it on TV show every week. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, Jesse, about uh, someone you had a crush on. I had the biggest crush on Marin Jensen. She played Althea on the show. And I remember, I was so excited. She was on, like, Battle of the Network Stars, and she did, like, a Hardy Boys. But, anyway, on Battlestar Galactica, there was Starbuck by He was played by Dirk Benedict, who went on to star in the A-Team. There was Apollo, played by Richard Hatch, who just passed away recently. Um, Boxy, Muffy the Dog, Baltar, Lorne Green was Adama. It was just... And one of the best things was they had these Cylons, and they were like just a Darth Vader ripoff, right down to the shape of the helmet and the triangle mouth and everything. But they had this red eye that moved back and forth. And, you know, when I was like eight years old, and I just thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And... There was like, it was like this band of humans. They were searching for the lost colony of Earth, and the Cylons were after them, and they were in Vipers. And they always had guest stars, like Brett Summers from that game, Match Game was on. She was like Cyrus Bellaby be once. I really, 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 really loved that show. And then they finally, they actually found Earth, and it became Battlestar Galactica in 1980, and they drove around on motorcycles, and that was really crappy then. But the original show, I loved it, and I still love it to this day. I watch episodes all the time, and that's Battlestar Galactica. On to your number one, Jesse. What do you got?
2: Uh my number one, um, again, I'm going with the, the primetime theme. Um, I did have some honorable mentions, like the for Saturday morning cartoons, after school cartoons, like Darkwing Duck. Um, I I, wa- I remember watching Thundercats when I was really little, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then when I got older, the primetime Family Guy, uh, the first time it came out, I don't know if you guys realize that it was on for three seasons. And yeah, then three it seasons. Went
1: it, went I, it went away and it came back.
2: I was, was one there. of the biggest fans of the family guy when it originally came out and i don't i felt like i was always alone and then when it came back it became cool and now i don't watch it anymore but uh anyways uh that's that kind of got a side loop there with my my honorable mentions but my number one um takes me to friday nights with uh tgif i think it was on abc growing up um this show is on from 89 to 98 which is I mean, you're talking from the time I was six, seven to the time '98 when I was, you know, in high school and I was ready to stop watching some of these shows that, you know, probably weren't cool anymore. Um, graduated like Saturday Night Live, things like that. But, anyways, uh, the show that I am going to put as my number one is Family Matters. You've got. Uh, a show about the Winslows. It originally started. Uh, I think it was only first uh, five, six episodes. Uh, Steve Urkel was not even in the show. Um, he ends up taking over and becomes the main character. You know, once he once he hits the scene. But the show actually started off as a just a, a family oriented show about an a- African American family in Chicago. Uh, Harriet Winslow, I believe, was a character in. Uh, oh shoot, I can't think. of perfect strangers i think which i vaguely remember as a young child watching with uh cousin belky or something like that i think harriet was the elevator operator um the show is going to evolve around their family and how they oh yeah, well, that, that was a good oh,
1: story that was just kind of jump that was one of my favorite shows too i liked it mark lynn baker and bronson pinchot oh it's a good show anyway the, yeah it was balky yep
2: it was yeah okay yeah then like i said i we always call it balky growing yeah. up but i think it was called
1: perfect oh don't Radio. be ridiculous
2: yeah <laughs> uh and then uh, but i guess you know family matters is just like I said, it's the time frame. I would spend my Friday nights. I would make sure that, I mean, you know, we the Friday night we'd have a football game, you know, a small town. Everybody goes to them. I would go home or either have it on recorded on a VCR or I would go home and watch it from 7 to 7.30 and then I would go out to the football game when I got older. Um, you know, obviously when I got old enough, when I was playing football, I just Recorded it but um, that's besides the point but Family Matters uh, everybody should know it for who Steve Urkel is uh, I feel bad because Jaleel White got typecast um, in that role and pretty, pretty much isn't any, in anything else uh, but you see Carl Winslow um, which I can't even remember what the actor's name is but you see him Reginald Bill Johnson all the time.
1: I think he got there that show go. I think he got that show because he was so popular in Die Hard his character Die Hard. in Die yep. Hard was just so popular I think that really catapulted him into getting that that part that's just my thought anyway sorry go ahead
2: no, go ahead. That's that's about all I have. Family members just love the show. You got Carl, um, Steve, Laura, you know, and, and Steve loved cheese. And I don't know if you guys know, but I'm a really, really big fan of cheese.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, well, you're from North Dakota, not from Wisconsin, but <laughs> it, it all makes sense. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, so exactly. so Urkel, number one, on to you, Yancey. What do you got for your number one?
0: Uh, my number one is Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Uh, Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, probably one of the, like, purest of spirit human beings to ever walk the face of the earth. Um, If you guys go on YouTube, you can search, uh, just literally type in uh, Mr. Rogers Senate. And there's basically back in like the early 70s, he did a speech where he was trying to lobby to get funding for, uh, you know, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Like I said, one of the most purest of of souls like I can can ever even think of. Um, The series always dealt with like real life issues. I mean... He would talk about things like death. Like they had an episode where like one of the goldfish died, and like he basically talked about like the ramifications of that. Like they addressed war. He addressed like parents breaking up with each other. You know, like what does divorce look like? What does that mean for you? Um, it, it just always had like such an exuberance of like empathy and courage. And like one of the main themes of the show that they always talked about was control—not control as in like your parents controlling you, or you, you know, being acquiescent to society. It was always about how. You know, bad people may do bad things to you, but like you always have control over yourself. Which sounds super, you know, pie in the kind and in and, and corny, but that was like a message that like really spoke to me. as like you know, like a kid who would watch a show every single day, like figuring out who you are. It always like resonated with me. You know, one of his songs where he always talks about, you know, um, you know, what do you do with the mad that you feel? Like, how do you basically control your actions? Um, I, <sighs> there's so many things I want to say about this, like. Um, There was one episode where he was talking about violence, like there was a a rash of of, of violence, like multiple episodes um, where like there were shootings in Atlanta and there was like a bombing and multiple things that, you know, kids are seeing on the news and stuff. And he basically talked about how like, you know, always look for the people who are helping. Anytime you see something that that is bad that's happening and you don't know how to, you know, assimilate that information, you don't know how to like make sense of it. With every bad thing, always look that there are always going to be people who come out to help. So it, there was just always, like, this positive worldview about Mr. Rogers. Um, you know, th- the dude has won countless, like, Lifetime Achievement Awards and stuff. And um, it was one of those shows that was just always there. And the the most charming thing to me about it was, like, how he made really simple things entertaining. You know, like, just walking into his home and he would take off, like, his jacket and, like, put on, like, a cardigan. He would take off his dress shoes and he would put on, like, his sneakers You know there was a there was a story about how um you know he would always announce that he was feeding the fish as he was you know sprinkling pet food into his his tank and basically that derived from a letter that he got from a a a or a watcher where basically like it was a blind girl and she was worried because she didn't know that he was feeding the fish so literally that one letter sparked like literally for you know years and years thousands of episodes he would always announce to everybody watching the show that he was feeding the fish it's just it's it's such an endearing show it had a ton of courage. Like, they talked about everything, you know, just really, really, you know, politically hot topics, and they did it in such a tasteful way that, like, made sense to kids where it was applicable. It's it's so weird. Like, you know, you would watch these things for entertainment, but to actually learn something and, like, learn how to, like, be an adult and, like, have control over your emotions, like, um, I'm not saying this is, like, a you know, like I said, to sound like super, like, a motivational speaker or anything like that, but, like... It was, like, one of those shows that, like, actually meant something to me. And as I, like, reflected on it for, like, this show, like, I thought of so many different moments where, like, I actually got, like, emotional thinking about it. Like, how well they were able to, like, you know, convey these really complex emotions and scenarios to kids. So, Mr. Rogers is just, like, a G. Mr. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood is just, like, it's in the canon of, like the most effective shows of all time that was just kind of always there in the background and just had such an insane run for such a long time. So that's my number one.
1: Yancy, Mr. Rogers is a good one, man. That's an awesome pick. I like that one. Okay, my number one uh, for me when I was a kid, one thing I loved was Dinosaurs. And the fact that there was a show on TV that would be about dinosaurs was like the best thing ever. And that was none other than, than Sid and Marty Croft's Land of the Lost. And it ran from 74 to 76, just three seasons. But what it did was they ran it in reruns on Saturday mornings for a couple years after that. That's when I watched it. I loved this show. So, uh, Yancey, Millennials, you probably remember Land of the Lost as that stupid Will Ferrell remake movie that they made. But, yes, that was terrible. You know, it was awful. Just this TV show, though, man, it was the best. If you go back and watch the show, like like I've gone back and watched it as an adult, um, you know, you're, you're going to take issue with the special effects. I mean, and really bad acting, too. But I tell you, for a seven-year-old in 1977 who loved dinosaurs... This show is magical. Like, like I say, I've gone back and watched it. It's available on DVD. There's lots of episodes on YouTube even. And just for the pure nostalgia of it, I love to go back and watch the show. So the the idea of the show, the premise is there's this dad, Rick Marshall, and his two kids, Will and Holly. They go out exploring on a river in this inflatable raft. And then there's this massive earthquake. The earth opens up. They fall through a crack in like time and space. And they end up in this land of the lost. And there's dinosaurs. There's these Pacuni. And there's these little apes. And then there's these slee stacks or these big reptile humanoid guys. And there's these pylons and crystals. It's really, really trippy. Everything Sid and Marty Croft did was usually really weird and trippy. But um, I'm sure there was a lot of chemicals used by those producers when they made most of this stuff. But like I say, for a seven-year-old who loves dinosaurs... Man, oh man, I it couldn't get much better. And I remember Spencer Milligan was was the played the dad and he left the show after two seasons. And I don't know, he wanted like a bigger cut of the merchandise or something like that. So uh so they went, they just went, wrote him out of the show, and they brought Uncle Jack Came searching they just changed the opening theme, and it was Uncle Jack came looking for the kids. Um like I said, there was a lot of live action shows around that time. Jason of Star Command, Arc 2, I mentioned um uh whatchamacallit, it? Uh, Space Academy was one of my favorites. But Land of Lost was my favorite of them all. Uh, it used to come on at noon on NBC. I loved watching the show and I've actually made my seven-year-old go back and watch some of these episodes and he absolutely loves this show. So I think it isn't about the special effects. I think it's just about the imagination and that's why it's my number one. Anyway, so there you go, guys. We made it through our top five shows that we like to watch as kids. A little bit of different take on everything. Are you guys ready now to have fun with Yancey? Let's do it. Okay, so here we go. This week we're going to do something a little different. Um, I don't know if you guys, you guys, again, you guys are a little bit young for this, but there was a show called The $100,000 Pyramid, and Dick Clark did this show. And we've done this a couple times. So this week what we're going to do is we're going to play a round of the winner's circle from the $100,000 Pyramid. And here's how it's going to work. So Jesse, both you and Yancy will be in the winner's circle together. So you guys are going to be a team. Okay, so both of you could just blurt out answers as you think of them. Okay, so twice as many contestants, so twice the chance to win. So here we go. Now, the theme is childhood TV shows. So I'm going to start by giving you a list of characters. from a particular kids TV show, I'm just going to list characters, and all you have to do, name the TV show. Easy enough, right? I list the characters, yeah. you name the show. Ready? Got it. Go. Go. Maria, Gordon, Murray, Bert, Oscar. Oh,
0: that's Sesame Street. Good.
1: Very good. Yes. Okay. Map. Backpack. Dora. The yes, very good. Okay. A Buttons. Mindy. Rita. Slappy. Loose clues. The brain. Dot. Pinky in the brain. Wacko.
0: Oh, the Animaniacs. Very good. Okay. I got-
1: Sue Ellen. Francine. The brain. Buster Binky Mr. Arthur Yes (laughs) Bill Russell Rudy Bucky Weird Harold Dumb Donald
2: Is this Bad (laughs) Albert?
1: Yes (laughs) Okay last one Evil Lynn Trapjaw Queen Marlena King Randor Orko She-Ra Skeletor oh, He-Man, Masters of the Universe Very good!
0: Jesse, Jesse. I, I had no idea. None. No,
1: not at all. So Jesse's just a little bit older, so he was able to pull out yeah. all those kind of ones. I, I tried to give you ones, I, even from the late 80s, 90s, and through everything in there. But man,
0: good stuff. I
2: spent a lot of time playing Masters of the Universe on the playground as a kid.
1: Very good. So did
0: so we go five for five? We went five for five, didn't we? We went six for six. Congratulations. Six for six. You,
1: you guys won. I've got to the gotta top say, of the overall...
0: Overall, Chris and Jesse, I'm very surprised that, like, we didn't have any overlap at all. Like, you guys were naming some really, like, esoteric stuff I have never heard before. my ever.
1: stuff I used to watch when I was a kid, man, like like I said, first of all, I'm way older than you guys. But, I mean, so obviously, there's not going to be any crossover there. But even some of that stuff, I think if you go back and listen to the show, <laughs> Yancey, and write down my the things I mentioned, you, you you have no idea of the shows I'm talking about. But like I say, all of them I think you can find on YouTube, and you'd probably find them and just, you'd probably still think I'm crazy. I don't know. Anyway, Jesse, thanks a lot for joining us this week. It brought a little bit of a different uh, dynamic to the show because you're kind of in between our ages a little bit, a little bit closer to Yancey, obviously, than me. Uh, But you know, big things. Thanks for joining us. Just want to remind everybody where they can find you, all the work you got going on about your other show, all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, uh, you can reach me at Twitter at at Mr Jesse Jordan, Um, and then we do a right now. It's I mean we're in the thick of things in the the baseball shows. I don't. Make very many appearances on them right now. Um, we're doing a lot of our preseason stuff, but we do the Nasty Cast Fantasy Baseball podcast. Um, we actually just released an episode with Nando Defino um, tonight. We're going back to the recording studio tomorrow night with Jessica Kleinschmidt. So you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, any place you can get a podcast. Uh, it's the Nasty Cast Fantasy Baseball Podcast.
1: Nice. And Je- and when you get a- Jessica on your show, since you like um, uh, Boy Meets World so much, she always calls it, refers to herself as Topanga. So you'll have to make yeah, sure mention bring that up with her. <laughs> uh, and you can reach us on Twitter at Yancey Eden or at C McBrien or Chris or Yancey at worldcom if you want to shoot us an email. Once again, thanks for listening to pop goes your world the pop culture podcast for the generations
2: thank you for listening to the pop goes your world podcast continue the conversation on twitter at c McBrien or at yancey eaton please consider leaving a review for the podcast on itunes or wherever you download and listen to the show